Home. What makes a home a home? Is it the people? The photos on the wall? Or the sense of relief when you walk through the door? Welcome to We Are Here. The We Are Here series was originally released in 2018 and published on the Women of Cincy website. We shared these stories exploring housing insecurity in our city through the eyes of folks who live it every day. These stories are every bit as relevant today as they were in 2018, and it's our hope that re-releasing this series will encourage each of you to explore this topic further and advocate for change. Together, we can move our city forward one story at a time. We are here. The Faces from Third and Plum by Chelsea Walter. Photos by Angie Lipscomb. Read by Blair Bardish. The following are comments made on Facebook regarding the Third Street encampment. I could call you all trolls for defending drunks and drug addicts because you want people to think you have empathy. Go down there and walk to the baseball stadium with your kids so they can smell the urine and feces under that bridge. It's in no way healthy or fair to anyone else. Go to a bathroom and stop taking a shit on the sidewalk. Public homeless sex? Ew. Just imagine the stench from that. Probably smelled it three blocks away. So, a homeless man on 12 o'clock News Channel 5 smoking a cigarette. Just saying. Stop acting like animals and more like humans. The easy solution is to move them all to Councilwoman Tamaya Denard's neighborhood and let them use her bathroom and shower and camp out in her backyard and fornicate in public within sight of her family and neighbors. Oh, and it wouldn't be a party without the illegal drug use. Just toss those used needles in the flower bed. She supports this. She should live it. How about getting a job? They can do it. They chose to be homeless and then complain. I watched a live stream of City Council taking comments from the community regarding Third and Plum, and I felt confused. I was at a loss for what to do, how to react. I felt like not everyone was being considered, and that we should hear more perspectives from the folks who called the area under Fort Washington Way home. For those of you who aren't familiar with this story, here's the nuts and bolts. Close to 40 people experiencing homelessness set up tents under the shelter of Fort Washington Way. The city received complaints from downtown businesses and residents about the encampment and ordered the city crews to dismantle it. City Council, in an effort led by Tamaya Denard, halted the evacuation order to give residents of the encampment more time to relocate and for the city to bring in services in an attempt to serve the population. The camp was dismantled on July 25th. Through this whole process, there has been miscommunication, misrepresentation, and just plain old drama, but we're not here to talk about that. On Saturday, July 21st, Angie and I headed down 3rd Street. I was nervous. I think we both were. A bit. I wasn't nervous about my safety. I was nervous that I'd offend someone, that I'd bring up old memories that they didn't want to share. I was nervous that the folks living there would see me as media and question my intentions. I mean, I was walking straight into someone's home, unannounced, uninvited. I expected apprehension. As we walked in, I was instantly struck by how much the space under the underpass felt like a community. Tents were neatly stacked in two rows lining the walls of the underpass. Each person had their own space, like tiny plots of land. There were bikes, beds, tables, chairs, and even a grill. We were quickly approached by Bison, the mayor of the encampment. Bison introduced himself, we shook hands, and he led us to the other end of the tunnel, away from the living area. Like I'd feared, Bison was a little apprehensive, but he listened intently. He wanted to protect his family, and the media attention the community was receiving was escalating quickly. I started by explaining who we were, fumbling my way through the usual spiel. We're women of Cincy, an online publication and community that tells stories about Cincinnati's amazing women. 
I soon stopped and basically blurted out, we're here to tell your story, not our story. We're here to make sure the world knows you. We're here to put a face to this. We want to rise above all the bullshit and get to know you. Bison let his guard down a little bit. He agreed to ask fellow residents if they'd speak with us. Two folks agreed to speak on the record, Mama and Eddie. While we were chatting, a man brought over chairs, referencing his upbringing in the South and extending Southern hospitality. He sat down three chairs and walked back to his site. Eddie, an older man with an easy smile, walked over and sat down next to me. Eddie was born and raised in South Carolina. As I promised Bison, this is Eddie's story, in Eddie's own words. I'll be 58 uh, next month. I've been in Cincinnati, approximately off and on, about eight years. Okay. I've uh, been homeless for those eight years. Uh, the situation is grim. It's serious. It's deadly. So, uh, how long have you been here? I've been here three months. I used to stay up on third. I used to stay up on Main in, a, in front of a store in a cubby hole. I stayed there eight months. So this is nothing new to me. I didn't see. I didn't see it all. But I don't try to get in everything. Cause everything ain't meant for everyone. So I stay back. But I've been hearing the talk and this and that about we got to move and extension. And I don't need no extension. We need a place. Where was the last place that you had permanent housing at? Uh, I'm going to say Lachlan. Lachlan? Lachlan. Mm -hmm. Off of Wyoming. Okay. Yeah. Do you mind talking about um, how you lost it? I lost it because I had to go in the hospital and I lost my job and I had to have surgery. So I was down for three months mm -hmm. with my surgery. So. I stayed as long as I could, but I had to leave. So that's why I'm in this situation. And I'm still healing from my situation. So that's come out having, having got a job or uh, slow moving and this and that, because I'm still healing. But I'm going to be all right. Yeah. Believe that. I'll yeah. be all right. What was life like uh, when you were growing up? Well, right, life when I was growing up, mm, that's a touching subject. No, I, I, I've been living with it all my life. See, I lost my mom when I was eight weeks. Okay. I lost my father when I was 20. I flew to California to bury him over in, over in Watts, over by the Staples Center now. It used to be the farm. It's the Watts now. Uh, it's the Staples Center now. Uh, my grandmother raised me, my brother, and my sister by herself. She did a wonderful job. I just lost her in 2013. Went down there, funeral, everything, had the house for a minute, we lost the house. But my life is coming up, I can't complain. She did a wonderful job with us, really. Daughter, she's uh, 32, she's in Tallahassee, Florida. She a uh, wonderful child. Um, I didn't have no problem, I never whooped my daughter, ever. Her mama whooped her one time, and I told her you won't whoop her no more. She turned out great. She was in the seventh grade. She skipped to the ninth. Straight A's. She's in college now, taking up electrical engineers. She's been in college now seven years. She got three more to go. So I'm all right. I, I can't complain. Sounds like you did pretty good raising her. I did great because <laughs> I was taught by the best. My mom taught us, okay. but it didn't take no strap. 
But you can bet you we got a plenty, plenty whoopings. If we didn't make it home for the street like come on, might well get ready because it's going down. Yeah. And it went down. You go in the house and you think you can sleep and go in there and get in the bed and sleep, wake you right up out your sleep. So I won't complain. Can you talk a little bit about um, just a sense of community here and what it's like to be a part of this community? Because you are, you guys have created a community here. I mean, it's like its own little neighborhood. You know what? You know what? I'm going to see how I can address this. It's not my community. It's our community. I'm just in it, unfortunately. But it's not a bad place to be. Just because we homeless, we're not bad people. There's people walking down through here when they park, they call walking down through here. Somebody made a, uh, a remark, uh, we can't walk up down through there, we might get, honest, since I've been down here, have nobody ever stepped to anybody walking up through here, going to work, coming from work or whatever. We don't have that down here. See, they paint a picture of us like, since we homeless, we the most, you know what I mean? And we're not. Feel like I'm here to make a statement. Y'all need to build pushes and the, and the, and the pimps and the, you're, you're, you're selling, you're selling humans. None of that going on down here. They paint the worst picture of us. All we just want to be somewhere where we will be comfortable and not bother nobody. And that's all we're looking for. And it feels wonderful to be in, to be a part of something like that. I, I don't have, I'm not, you know, ashamed or nothing. Because like I said, it can happen to you, you, happen to anywho. At any given time. But I wish they would try to do something for these people, for us people. Because we are somebody. We might not be your body, but we are somebody. We might not be the person that you want us to be, but we are somebody. Believe that. And they need to acknowledge that. And they need to respect that. But first of all, they need to understand that. That it can happen to anybody. After Eddie shared his story, we thanked him, threw on a couple of jokes, and chatted off the record. Next, Mama joined us. Mama, a middle-aged woman with kind eyes and flecks of gray in her ponytail, hails from Kentucky. After spending two minutes with her, it's easy to see why Mama has become her nickname in the community. Uh, Mama? Yep. Mama? That's what they call me, Mom. All right. So, Mom, tell yeah. us a little about, a bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm 46. I'm originally from Kentucky. And um, there have been a couple times over the past several years that I've ended up over here in Cincinnati. Um, and um, I had been living um, in a program-type house, and um, I made some mistakes, and I was asked to move out. And when I was asked to move out, I really didn't have the funds or any family to pe depend on to go anywhere. And so um, just talking to a couple people, like, in the parks during the day and things like that, because another one of the... Um, the um, ramifications of me losing that housing it was kind of like a job housing thing together um so i lost my job um so um just like being in the park a little bit in the daytime and things like that i started talking to some people and that's when i was introduced to the time so um pretty much i mean i've had a very very um i've had a very um diverse lifestyle um i don't have any college um background but I have a lot of life experience um, I worked in the emergency room for eight years I was a 911 dispatcher for 12 um, and not to put a blame on anyone but I went through a divorce and um, I started drinking a little bit and um, it just became a roller coaster 
Um, I was in the tornado in 2012 and um, we completely lost our home. I lived with my mom and my son at the time. And then in July of 2015, I was hit by a car and told I would never walk again. Um, and so um, that's kind of like, kind of like a little bit about my testimony about like kind of how I got here. So now I'm looking for a job. Um, I found a really good friend since I've been here. Um, he's a lot, um, his situation is a lot similar to mine. Um, a lot of family issues. He does have two majors. <laughs> um, you know, you wouldn't look and we're, it's, we're a very diverse couple here and we're older and that's how I got the mom name. Um, but pretty much, I mean, um, you know, as unstable as this is, I thought it was somewhat stable, you know, the environment itself. And it's actually not the most horrible thing in the whole wide world. Um, but then when they came in Monday at 7 a.m. and started going up and down through the tunnels and saying, you know, you have to be out of here. I need everyone out of their tents. And my friend was gone to work. So, um, and I've only been here for three weeks. So I was completely like flabbergasted, like what's going on, you know? And so at that point, so when he came, and then the news, of course, inundated the place all day. Um, and the health department had already been scheduled, I think, to be here that day for like hep A vacs and things like that. And um, so it's just been a whirlwind. I mean, the people that come here are great. Um, I did not, I was asked to go to the city council meeting a couple mornings ago, and I did not want to go just because of the publicity. And I really don't want my face out there everywhere because I did do the interview with Channel 12. Um, and I'm a born and bred Northern Kentucky person. And mm -hmm. since I was a 911 dispatcher for 12 years, a lot of people know me. Um, so um, I opted not to do the interview. But I guess the biggest thing now is, is that they're telling us all, you have to leave, you have to leave, you have to leave. And we're going to get housing for everybody. We're going to get housing for everybody. But it's not like that we can just leave here and go to a housing, you know, because, of course, as anyone knows, when it comes to anything like that, it never happens overnight, mm -hmm. you know. And then originally they said that we could go to Prince of Peace. And then like two days ago, they said, oh, no, now, we're, now Prince of Peace is backing out. Um, and I, after hearing the statement that Prince of Peace made, I, I can't really say I blame them because all they were doing was putting a Band-Aid on the problem. Yep. Um, so my friend had signed up for housing um, a couple of months ago. He's been here for a few months. And um, so I did get signed up for housing yesterday. And because of, um, I'm, I was disqualified or not, I was turned down for disability the first time. Um, and I had started the process again in April, but I did get a job that was a sit down job. So I wasn't on my legs all the time and it was working out okay. Um, and unfortunately, like I said, just with where my living situation was at, once I got, once I was disqualified from that program, um, it kind of made it very difficult to go into the office every day, dressed up, look nice, and those kind of things. It's a vicious cycle, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I told the police officer a couple of days ago. You know, they want people to work, but when you can't get up and can't get a shower and can't feel clean and, you know, even in, I mean, whether it's fast food, office, whatever it is, it's very difficult. And some people don't even have that goal here, but we do, you know? So, um, but yeah, the housing thing is just, um, it's just incredible, you know? Um, so I have no idea what's gonna happen. Um, so when I started that process for disability in April, I went ahead and said, okay, let's just hold up on it. And the free store was helping me with that. 
Um, and so now when I talked to the lady um, two days ago, we're going to try to start that process back up. Mm-hmm. But that's still nothing that's overnight by any means. Yeah. So I don't know. So at this point, we have been looking for two days now um, for like, weekly rentals and just like one night rentals and things like that you know at least that we can get because we don't have any good where to go Wednesday you know and um, you know there are all kinds of rumors about other tent cities being set up or whatever and um, you know I don't know how accurate that is or how, when it will be and it's not a lifestyle we want to live anyway um, but I mean, pretty much that's it and I guess the other thing is is that you have to wonder, and it's, it's, this is easy for me to say, maybe I'm saying this too lightheartedly, but you have to wonder, just like my friend said, he, he's been on this list for months for housing. Now, he doesn't have any, basically he doesn't have like any disabilities, any addictions, any anything. And they basically told him that if you don't have any medical problems, if you don't have any addictions or whatever, you get put to the bottom of the list. You know, so, yeah, if you're down on your luck, you know, it's just, you know. So, because of the fact that, like, um, I have a really hard time, like, on steps and on curbs and things like that, um, we did go ahead and fill out the um, application that I do need, like, some kind of device, whether it be, like, a walker or a cane or something like that. And even though that's not a lie because I really could use one every day, I just don't because I feel like I'm young and I, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm very fortunate that I am able to walk mm-hmm. because they were going to amputate my right leg as well. And um, but that in order when we put down the device like a walker or a cane because of the fact that I told him I said if if we get a second floor apartment I don't dare want to turn it down I will make it but it's really difficult and he said that's all you have to tell me because he said we can try to find somewhere that's a first floor or a place that has an elevator mm-hmm. so but you know it's not like i'm getting any kind of assistance or anything right now so i mean i could always go back and get doctor's notes or whatever but you know it just i don't know i mean it's just that the, i think that the community has really came together you know um and just like i explained to somebody yesterday when these people park in this garage all morning and they come in and out of here, I don't think any of them feel, feel fearful, you know. And, and really, it's not really usually dirty, dirty. Um, the porta potties have been a great thing. But these people who walk through here, when they come out at night, girls, they bring their leftovers from lunch. There's a lady in the building over here on the corner that when she goes for her lunch hour or whatever, when she comes back, she'll yell down the tunnel, got leftovers up here. You know, so it's not like, I mean, it's a really bad situation for them, for us. But I really think for the biggest part, everybody tries to make the best of it. I don't know. The past two days, I've gotten a lot more sensitive about things because I really feel like I wish I wouldn't have done that interview with Channel 12 now. But I'm sorry. That's okay. Well, and I have a very unusual first name. Very unusual. And so I didn't give my first name, but like I said, a lot of people know me. I saw your face. Yeah. 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 Um, so you kind of had mentioned um, that you have kids. Do you want to talk about I your kids? I have a 21 year old. Yeah. And um, he's completely disgusted with me, you know? And um, I don't blame him. 
But then sometimes I think that if I would have had a little more support from him, then I might not be in the situation I'm in. But I don't blame him. Yeah. Because I've made my own bed and I have to lie in it. But um, he's a great kid, you know. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, the fact that, you know, I've had good jobs. I grew up in a great home, went to church. I mean, I think people stereotype people that are here and they shouldn't. You know, um, this lady that came through last night, she comes through often, and she's going to come pick me up Monday, and we're going to do some errands, and um, she said that, um, I don't want to elaborate too much on her personal status, but um, she um, is married to someone who has affiliation with employment with the city, mm -hmm. and um, so apparently she's, I don't know, probably got a lot of friends from this area, but she said that um, all these when all these news and things have been here that they've got her in the background a couple times and so she said that she's being ridiculed on social media like why are you down there helping those homeless people and she said because it's the only humane thing to do yeah you know and um i mean she's just a sweetheart you know and she's just a normal person you know she's probably a little bit younger than me actually but she's a normal person. She came in here last night and probably brought at least a hundred dollars worth of food, if not more. And then she brought two big bags of charcoal. We all we grilled it out. And she brought like hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken. I mean, it was just it was phenomenal. You know, my favorite phrase I think ever is "vicious cycle." You know, because I said, you know what, I'm overweight because I eat, but I eat because I'm overweight. You know, it's a vicious cycle. You know, and that's what has happened to me now with drinking. You know what? I don't want to drink all the time. And you know what? I don't really drink to, to go out and party and drink. I do it just to feel numb what I do. You know? And then just, it just, it, it is, it's a vicious cycle. It's just like um, they say, okay, well, you can you can do this or you can do that. Okay, well, I can't do, there's no way I can go here and go there without being on the bus. Okay, so then you have to be able to know, okay, am I going to have enough bus fare to get there? And then if you do get there and then something gets jammed up and if you had exactly what you needed, then you might not have the money to get back. It's just, it is so complex. I'll tell you um, that when um, I was over here in April in the respite center, I was here for a couple of weeks. And when I got out, um, the director there made me a referral to dress for success. So I was able to go there and get an awesome wardrobe of clothing. And um, I was working in an office, um, so my attire was perfect, you know. And they did, they were, they bent over backwards to help me. Um, because when I did, um, I went for my first appointment there. I had already got the job, but I hadn't worked yet. Um, I basically went to the interview in like some really lounge clothes. And um, the, my boss, my owner, she was, she was okay with that. And um, so basically, they only have like certain appointments and things like that. And they like went above and beyond to help me get in there, like on my lunch or like stayed late one day so that I could get there and still be able to get the bus back to meet my curfew at my house and things like that. So I can't say enough for dress for success. It's nice talking to you guys. Yeah. And I mean, you know, hopefully you guys can keep track of me and I can let you know how I'm going in a month from now yeah. or, you know, whenever. But, love you know, to. yeah, my big thing now is just looking for a job. You know, even if it's not full-time, just at least something to get my mind off of my situation wherever I'm at. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like I said, I don't have, like, a lot of um, educational, per se, background. But, like, 
um, I'm a type A personality, obviously, and I don't know a stranger. Mm-hmm. So, you know, meeting people or talking to new people is, it, you know, it's not something I'm in fear of. So that helps me. Um, you know, and, you know, when I'm out of here, I usually have my hair fixed and my makeup on, and this part kind of is like, it's kind of a downer. You know? Yeah. But, um, Thank you so much. We appreciate it. After chatting with both Mama and Eddie, we joined a small crowd that had gathered around Bison. Bison is an artist in every sense of the word. That day, he was creating jewelry. I knelt down, snapped a few pics, and got to know the unconventional mayor a little better off the record. By the end of our time there, I felt comfortable, welcomed, and impressed. This community supported each other, looked out for each other, and shared resources. They all played roles. Bison the mayor, Mama the caregiver, Eddie the wise counsel, and Bison's mentor. I hope this gives you a glimpse into the goodness that exists here, the strength and the hope that lives here. This camp is now gone, but I hope the community and friendships survive, and their time together can help outsiders understand what it means to be human a little better. Continue reading more at womenofcincy.org housing. Thank you for listening to We Are Here, Housing Insecurity in Cincinnati. To explore this series further, keep listening to additional audio episodes or head on over to womenofcincy.org forward slash housing.